once verified. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Captains, you're listening to episode 267 of Priority One Podcast, your weekly report on all things Star Trek. Recorded live on Thursday, April 21st, and available for download or streaming on Monday, April 25th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Kenna. And I'm Mark. And as always, in the recording studio is our chief audio engineer, Winters. Hello, everyone. So, Mark, what's coming up this week? This week we're checking out details about Star Trek Beyond's new villain and why a new fan film has been asked to stop production before it even started. In Star Trek Online News, we're just covering the basics this week because we're hailing the return of Command School with special guest host Atilio of STO Academy. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Of course, don't forget to keep the conversation going at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast or on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can also send us an email via incoming at Priority One Podcast.com. Captains, the People's Choice Podcast Awards are upon us. There's just a few days left to make nominations and we need your help to bring home the prize this year. So if you like what we do here at Priority One, please nominate us in the People's Choice and TV and Film categories and get your friends to do it as well. Don't worry, go do it just now. We'll kind of wait here for you to go back. We already know we have the best listeners, so now's your chance to prove it. Just go to podcastawards.com and of course we will leave a link in our show notes as well. And finally, thanks again to all our Patreon supporters who keep this show possible from week to week. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one and find out about all the cool perks we have to offer. And speaking of Patreon perks, this week on Priority One After Hours... What are we talking? Oh, we're talking villains! (laughs) Is there, is there... I'm out of here. I'll jump off here because uh, something just sprung into my mind. I was like, yeah, when you said, you know, like, the villain's kind of meh. The new Star Wars movie. Having said that, I would like to bring up what Jake said before about um, Bond villains. Would you like, say, let's say, odd job, right? Throws a shoe. <laughs> you know what's really funny is I was sitting here going, is he the guy that throws a shoe or is that the from, <laughs> is, is that from Austin Powers? This unscripted, uncensored and unedited recording is available exclusively to our Patreon subscribers. Now let's check out some of the latest news in the world of Star Trek. I don't know. Then let's trek it out. Listeners of Priority One Podcast will know that we are big fans of the Star Trek fan film Horizon, which made its online debut on the 26th of February. So naturally, we were thrilled when just last week, Tommy Kraft, director and executive producer of the film, announced a sequel called Federation Rising but it looks like CBS have stepped in and asked him not to make it. 
On the 17th of April, he cited that, quote, the absolutely wonderful responses we've received since releasing Horizon have convinced us to create a sequel, end quote. In order to fund the sequel, he'd set up a new Kickstarter campaign, which was scheduled to start on Saturday, April 23rd. But on Thursday, April 21st, just two days ahead of the start of the campaign, Tommy Craft posted on the Horizon Facebook page, quote, Earlier today, executives from CBS reached out to me and advised me that their legal team strongly suggested that we do not move forward with plans to create a sequel to Horizon, end quote. As a result, he and Ryan Weber, the co-writer and co-producer for Federation Rising, will be creating an original science fiction film instead, details of which will be out soon. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Can I see it? I think the significant thing here, which I'm just going to point out straight away, is, okay, Axanar, and there's the ongoing lawsuit, and mm-hmm. up to this point, CBS and Paramount have not said anything to anyone else about any fan productions, and this is a very significant development change. Yeah. So CBS have stepped in and asked him not to produce this film. Yikes. Yeah. Well, why do you think that is? Is it because fan films are finished now and they don't want anyone doing fan films? Or do you think it's because of the Axanar case? I think that's hasty to say. I think the likelihood is that somebody's lawyers advised them that it was best to just say, you know what, maybe not a good idea right now. Uh, because of the ongoing lawsuit. And actually, you know, if things progress and then they do end up having to go after other fan productions, a quick note to him to say, maybe don't do this now. Probably will save everyone a lot of headache. However, I do think it's indicative of their intentions, potentially. Well, the quote says the team strongly suggests that Horizon not move forward with creating the sequel. It doesn't say anything about right now. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about the timing. And of course, he's not quoting them directly. That's just what he said that they said to him. So this is, you know, like third-party hearsay. There's no mention there that sometime in the future it could be okay. Yeah. I, I think the problem here is up till now... All fan productions have kind of said we're safe because there were there were reasons, quote unquote reasons that CBS and Paramount went after Axanar primarily because of money. And on the flip side, you've got Horizon, which was made on a very, very tight budget that was not for profit. He wasn't trying to fund setting up his own studio anything like all of the things that Axanar has been accused of doing it was just a very well made film and they've stepped outside that sort of silence and said maybe don't do this and that's a little bit scary because it makes other fan productions now worry are they going to go after everyone else and tell them to stop making fan films tell them to stop making fan TV series on YouTube And I think that's what's scary. Now, I was kind of thinking about this and um, a couple of comments around the interwebs have been talking about this idea of the new Star Trek TV series being an anthology. And because it's notable that there are other 
crowdfunding campaigns that are currently going. So Star Trek Continues is a notable one. They are still trying to raise money for the next uh, few episodes. And now that one has fallen short of its funding goal. I think it's still open while we're recording this. Um, But one of the factors that they've cited as reasons for people not being able to raise the money is because of the lack of faith or fear that they might um, that CBS might go after them. If the if CBS are talking about an anthology series, it's a possibility, isn't it, that they could be looking at possible infringements on what they might then develop in the future. <clears throat> that's been my hope. Well, that's exactly what I was just thinking because um, I'm, I'm looking at the quote here now. It's from CBS. CBS are doing the new series, not Paramount. Like, it's Paramount CBS that's going after Axanar. So I'm wondering, are they just thinking ahead? Something they're going to do is going to be um, in the timeline that Horizon was going to be in. And they don't want a conflict there. So they've gone to them and said, look, don't go doing this because we're going to tell them that story. Or it's a story around that time. Yep. And it could be that the people from Star Trek Continues haven't heard from CBS because Star Trek Continues takes place in TOS era that they are likely not to do even an anthology series because they've already done it. But outside of that, you've got the time periods that Axanar is looking at. You've got the time periods. I mean, part of the reason that Horizon was so successful is that it sort of filled in the gap of a fifth season of Enterprise, which is totally fair game for CBS because... You know that's a, a gap in time that hadn't been ex- hasn't been explored yet, so that could be a reason. I mean, who knows? That's what I would take from it. Uh, since it is just CBS, I I think that they're thinking ahead and they don't want something else out there that's going to infringe upon their plans. Um, you know what? Yeah, their or make it harder be. for their writers to develop something. You know, with a bit of freedom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so they don't one day come back and say, "Oh, you copied our fan production." It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've gone the other way. But you know, if we're wrong about that, if we're wrong about that concept, it, it is worrying for all fan productions because, like we said with Axnar, they haven't given any particular reason as to why they've gone after this particular producer. Um, I mean, I do think it has something to do with the quality and the visibility of the film because Horizon was so well-received and generally lauded as an excellent production, you know, um, budgets aside. And to have another good quality production out there that would potentially be competing directly with a new with a new Trek series, that's um, potentially scary to them. I mean, the question that I want to pose to you guys is, do, do we think this is it? Is this the nail in the coffin? So they've stepped outside. Prior to this, it was just Axanar, and everyone had things that they could blame or reasons why it was just Axanar, and now it clearly isn't just Axanar. Is this it? Is this the end of fan productions? Mm-hmm. I can see where some people would say that it is, but because it's just CBS, I'm going to say I don't think it is the end. I want to go out on a limb slightly and say it is the end until the show establishes itself. The new show for next year. So you think there will be no significant new fan productions for Star Trek um, for at least the next year? Yeah. 
let this. I think they. I think from my perspective is, they want the show to get as much publicity as possible, have nothing competing with it, have it established. So maybe after season one, season two, when people realise where the show is going, but I think, and I'm going to bring in another IP for this. Do what they'll need to do. What Star Wars does, put in, put in a guide, and do you know something? Make an award out of it. They have an award. If, if this is what they're going to do and you're going to leave everyone wondering, no one's going to do anything, you're going to put a quash in creativity, you're going to put a quash on the things that actually kept Star Trek going for so long. Now, Rarva in the chat has said, um, I don't think CBS will go after every single fan production, but I think the effects of this will be to effectively scare off anyone from making new ones. And I, that's, I agree with that. I think a lot of people are going to say, you know what, I'm not even going to bother because... If you've got a great idea for a Star Trek story, you would look at this situation and go, do you know what? I'm just not going to make it Star Trek. I just will make it something else and do it that way. And, you know, appeal to the Star Trek community for support, but I just wouldn't make it Star Trek. And there we go. We've, we've, we've lost that. We've lost that momentum. And I think that is really sad. Yeah. Because it makes me feel like the whole fandom is very hands off. Like this is our property, and it's not it's not yours anymore. And I know it never was ours, but I think it will feel really sad if we go down that route. And I hope we don't. So that brings us to this week's community question: Does the cancellation of Star Trek Federation Rising spell the end of fan productions? So moving on a little bit to upcoming official content. I don't know about you, but with Star Trek Beyond being only a few months away, I've been a little bit worried the so-called hype train hasn't started pulling out of the station yet. Maybe it's passengers still loading, they're restocking the dining car, maybe a Star Trek hype train needs a warp core. Who knows? We do seem to be getting little bits and pieces out now, thankfully, in the way of some interviews and announcements to much rejoicing of many fans. Idris Elba recently sat down with Entertainment Weekly to discuss his role as the predatory villain Kral, who is not a Gorn, but apparently is a leader of an army. My guess is those swarmy ships from the trailer. From what we can tell from his comments, this is a character with purpose who really opposes all the Enterprise stands for. Exploration into the unknown, seeing strange new worlds, and being the flagship of the Federation. He has, and I quote, a well-earned hatred for the Federation. So it seems we have some history to explore. Also, Zachary Quinto started weighing in the film, also saying to EW that as this is the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, quote, there's a retro kind of vibe to it, at least I felt that when we were making it, so we'll see how it turns out, end quote. It would seem, however, that a new hope of a trailer is on the way. With a suspicious absence of any trailer at CinemaCon, Paramount was intentionally holding back on us for their own fan event. The first of its kind to be held in LA this May, and while details are still new, we know this. There will be special guest appearances, a queue with cast and crew, and a few other surprises for it. But wait for it. The newest Beyond trailer. That's right, a new trailer. Director Justin Lin is expected to announce how you can be there in person at the Paramount Studios lot soon. So, uh, are we taking bets on whether the trailer will be available before the fan event? Probably. <laughs> no, but we're, we're assuming it won't be. 
Mm, but you never uh, know these things. You never know. So let's talk about Crawl. Crawl. Is that a name of a villain that we already have heard of? Why does that name seem familiar to me? I have no idea. I, I did find it amusing that uh, when I first heard about this, I actually, I read a comment, uh, sorry, I read an article uh, via Nerdist who said, it was a typo, but it said that Idris Elba would not be a gorm. gorm. And I thought, dude, nerd fail. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was still there the last I checked as well. They hadn't oh, edited it. Um, yeah. Um, and for those of our listeners who are in the UK, um, that means that Star Trek Beyond will be gormless. But yeah, so okay, he's not a Gorn. Didn't say he wasn't Jem'Hadar. Oh, I don't think they'd go there. No, I don't think they will, actually. A lot of people have said that there's a passing resemblance to the Jem'Hadar, but uh, no, I think they'll probably make him completely new. Yeah, makes sense. Um, it's It'll be interesting to see how they fit him in as somebody completely new that we've never heard of that's like totally opposed to the Federation and hellbent on destroying it. <laughs> mm. I'd like to see how that fits in with the rest of canon or pseudo-canon or hey, what you want to say. Hey, it's not in reality. You know, originally the Enterprise could have turned left and in the movies this time they turned right. You know? Yeah, but it's a splintered reality. It's not it's not like it's complete it's they share they share a history. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not like it's not like the entire I don't know, Alpha Quadrant doesn't exist. It does still exist. The history is all still the same, so True. I'd be surprised. I don't know, we'll see. This is it, it is supposed to be set quite a number of years after the last film, isn't it? Yeah, I think they've so. They've talked about how they've been out on this mission for, for quite a number of years, um, and they're in a very different position than they were even in Into Darkness, where they were still relatively new. So we shall see. We shall. Now let's find out what happened this week in Star Trek Online. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome to STO News, where Kenna and I normally look at the big news of the week from Star Trek Online. Today, however, we're going to do something slightly different, as later we are celebrating the return of Command School with a very special guest. But first up, just a few things you'll want to know about. Well, there's good news for players who may have been struggling to get to grips with the new skill system. Laughing Trendy, our community manager, posted up this week, quote, We've heard your feedback and have decided to permanently reduce the price of respect tokens to 300 zen per token and 1,020 zen for the skill retrain bundle, end quote. Now, that's a 40% reduction for those of you who don't have a calculator handy. And uh, what do you guys think? Yay for permanent reductions. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. I don't actually need them because I have a few uh, respect tokens left over and I don't tend to respect that much. But, especially with the new system, I think it's great that they've brought the price down a little bit and hopefully will encourage people to uh, to do a little bit more experimenting. Do we know if the respects are still free on Tribble? I have as not been on Tribble. I know Tribble. you still get them in the console, but I've, like Winters just said, I've not been on to check. Yeah, it'd be interesting to check. Yeah, we'll have to check that out for you guys. Um, I think this is a a good move. Uh, It's definitely a step in the right direction, but it would be a lot nicer if respects were just free. 
there are a lot of other MMOs out there and there are there is no charge for respecking a character. But this is definitely a step in the right direction. I don't know, don't you think if it was free, people would just abuse it all the time? Like they'd just go in and respec and then change all of the numbers. Respec again. Well, not you see, the thing is, one skill tree doesn't necessarily work for every ship. That's one thing with STO. You do a skill tree and there's so many ships in game it's kind of hard to, to do a generic skill tree that will work for every type of ship or you know every type of build that you might want to do you may need a different skill tree you know you're if you don't have deep pockets then you'll most likely just stick to one skill tree and probably just one ship yeah but isn't that what alts are for that's or I was going to say is that, that not an argument for um slots like skill tree slots yeah, it is, oh, but it is definitely, um, and that's something that we brought up the last time with Al, was the possibility of different uh, skill trees, having skill tree slots, as it were. But there are a lot of games out there that do not charge for respecting your character. Yeah, I don't know, I just don't like it, but that's that's because immersion is a big deal for me in Star Trek Online, and it doesn't make sense for me to just be able to retrain your captain. I think your captain develops from Starfleet Academy into your fleet admiral. Um, it makes sense for it to be difficult to quote-unquote go back to school and retrain. I totally get that and I think it should take effort. I, and I just, I just don't... I think it shouldn't be easy to retrain. I think if you want to make a different character and do it on that, definitely, that's fine. But it doesn't make sense to me to, to change up your main... But it's just me. Well, we'll agree to disagree there. Okay. We'll and I'll agree, agree. It's time to move on to patch notes. Uh, yeah. So this week, a little update resolved an issue which was causing Rise to crash. Good times for impending summer events. The full green red alert is back on. Resolved an issue which was forcing players to empty out their overflow bag when attempting to open a pack in their inventory. Big one here. Resolved an issue which was blocking fleet invites if the fleet had more than 100 members. The fleet is once again capped at 500 members. And added a new loading screen for season 11.5. Uh, do you know that last one? I was... It, it's so minor, but I was wondering what happened to the loading screen. Why isn't there a new loading screen? And I just thought, oh, maybe maybe they just didn't do one because it's, you know, a, a, a mid-season release, you know. I was a little disappointed. So it's good to see they've updated that, which is good. As always, we will leave a link to the patch notes in our show notes over at PriorityOnePodcast.com. Again this week, in an effort to bring you some of the news and comments from PWA and Cryptic that aren't officially announced in the blogs, here's the latest comments pulled from the Twitterverse. Jadra Ross at Jadra Ross tweeted, Check out my newest fiction piece, Star Trek Online, Tears of Hadrian. And you definitely should go check it out. Or check it out. Indeed, you should check it out. Um, if you guys have not read this, uh, we'll put a link in the show notes because it's great. I mean, not a lot happens in it, but as a as a piece of Trekno babble, I mean, it's good. It's totally feasible, timey wimey stuff. It's great. Um, I think he's done a really really good job with it, and I think it's kind of giving us an insight into where we might be going in the next few episodes. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Also, Al Rivera at Captain Gecko tweeted, What we did this week, launched season 11.5, 
reviewing and finishing up new content and items, interviewed new designers and producers, and ate cupcakes. Nice. I like the cupcakes part. Hmm. Well, I can't, and also interviewed new designers and producers. Yeah. That's kind of exciting. I ha- hadn't heard about that, so... Uh, Hopefully an expansion to the team. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway, uh, Captain Gecko, can we have an update, please? And lastly, before we wrap up Star Trek Online news, here's some upcoming events to look forward to. A reminder that the Temporal Front Week 2 rewards are now up, as well as the usual package of a spec point or tech upgrade, we now have access to the Nikul Operative Personal Shields, giving us a two-piece bonus with last week's rewards. An item upgrade weekend is this weekend, the 28th of April to the 2nd of May. The mission Hearts and Minds will return to us the week after that for Friday the 13th of May and continue for the Saturday the 14th. Don't forget also that 5-5 teaser date is right around the corner and I can't wait to see what it'll be. Hey, the Hearts and Minds mission, don't you get like a special doff from that? You do I don't indeed. know I keep missing it. Yeah, so you do, you uh, it's a, worth playing if you haven't yet played it. That will you, be me. You get a rare Vulcan clone duty officer. Ooh. There you go. As always, events are subject to change without notice. Make sure you check the in-game calendar or listen in here at Priority One Podcast for the latest news and updates from Star Trek Online. Now let's welcome our special guest host, Atelio, from SEO Academy, and settle in for a little command school. I'm sure there is an answer. Well, better get some facts. Welcome, Captains, to Command School, where we look in-depth at some of the mechanics of Star Trek Online in order to help you get the most out of the game. Our special guest host is Attilio of STO Academy, and he'll be joining us, which will help new players get up to speed and give seasoned veterans some more insight about the game. So, Attilio, welcome to Priority One. Thanks, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, thank you very much for coming on. Before we get into the meat of things, could you give us a little bit, just a summary of what STO Academy is all about and where people can find you? course. So the STO Academy is basically one of the most popular resources for Star Trek Online containing walkthroughs, guides, etc. And we also have a skill planner to help you plan out your build, you know, your ship and etc. and stuff like that. Uh, you could find us at stoacademy.com and the skill planner itself is at skillplanner.stoacademy.com. So we've had some big changes to the game this month, the skill tree revamp. I think we're all familiar with it by now. Um, And you're going to give us a little bit of a rundown and some tips and tricks. Is that right? Yep, definitely. Okay. So this new uh, skill tree is definitely, I think, a lot better than the previous one because the descriptions of the skills are a lot clearer and I think it helps new players understand what these skills actually do. I know for myself, when I first started playing Star Trek Online, I would read these these descriptions and think, what is going on? And I, even now that I've been playing this game for six years, I find these new skills so much easier to understand. And not only that, but you have uh, a limited number of skill points and where you can put these skills. Before, each skill, would ha- you would put up to nine points in there. Now you can put up to three in certain ones, and you may not even need to use all three. And I think this is where the the first tip comes in. Uh, In my opinion, you shouldn't really put uh, three points into a specific skill. And when I say three points, that's all three tiers of a skill. Start off by putting two points into a single one. 
if you see towards the end of your build that you have you know some extra points available that you can spread around and you want to put that third point in by all means go right ahead and this is where the skill planner comes in handy because if you were to do this in the game you're going to end up spending your respect points you know choosing your skills respecting <laughs> them etc yeah so if you do use the skill planner for this you can plan them out so for example you know you want certain skills put two points in those skills and put them wherever you want because the skill planner is completely open it's unlocked you know in star trek online you need to meet those requirements in order to move to the next rank you don't need to do that in the skill planner so put those two points in put them wherever you want it'll notify you if you still um, have points that are required but that's okay once you have the skills you know you need you can go back and you could spread them around. So I think the, the next thing really we could talk about is what types of skills might be useful and in what situations. And I think this could also be a good time to, to discuss um, some specific named builds or templates, whatever you want to call them, such as uh, we could start with the dragon and drake build. Okay. And basically the points of these builds, and they're very, actually very similar, is to run two emergency power abilities constantly. Yep. And I think the more popular one is running emergency power to shields and emergency power to weapons because everyone needs survivability and a lot of DPS. Mm -hmm. uh, but alternately, you could also run uh, emergency power to engines and emergency power to auxiliary. So what these builds require, and the, the dragon one basically requires two sets of each of these abilities. So you would have two emergency power to shields, two emergency power to weapons, and constantly alternate uh, whenever the, the shared cooldown is uh, complete. Yeah, because you, you, you have to alternate them, don't you? Because, because of the way that the cooldowns work. Correct, exactly. Okay. What's nice about the new skill tree is that it has the uh, engine engineering readiness skill which reduces the recharge time of engineering bridge officers. And if you put all three points in there, it'll reduce it down by half. And I think this is where we kind of get that overlap between Dragon and Drake. Originally, the way it was uh, designed, the, uh, the Drake build would require duty officers to reduce that cooldown time. Okay. But now we have skills that could do that. So in my opinion, um, you, the duty officers may not be necessary anymore, and you kind of can combine the two concepts of Dragon and Drake. Okay, so can you just, in, pl in plain English, because I don't know what the difference is between a Dragon build and a Drake build, what's the difference between the two? Because they, they seem to get lumped together a lot. You're right, they do, and, and that's because they are so similar. Um, and yeah. as I mentioned, the, the, the Dragon build requires two sets of each of these skills. Whereas okay. Drake only requires one of each. So you would only have okay. one emergency power weapon, one emergency power to shield. And the duty officers would uh, reduce the recharge time. So, th oh, I so see. that way you can easily uh, alternate between the two of them. And this is a really stupid question, but where did the names of those come from? <laughs> well, um... <laughs> I, or do we know? <laughs> I don't think we do know. Okay. That'll be some research for a future episode of Priority One to uh, expound upon where the names have come from. Yeah, I I'm going to assume that whoever created these just liked those names, maybe? Uh, 
yeah, it's good as okay. good a guess as any. <laughs> yeah, because I I think from what you've said so far, I think that the build that I run with is basically a dragon build because I I have two emergency power to weapons and two emergency power to shields. Um, I I don't think that it particularly in any way resembles a dragon. Um, so <laughs> I don't I don't know. <laughs> Um, I, I, I couldn't explain that one, but I think that's actually a very uh, a good place to start, the dragon build. For, for Especially for a lot of beginners, you could take that route. And because of the new skill tree, you might not need those two sets. Mm. Um, as I said, if you put three points into engineering readiness, it'll reduce the cooldown to half. And I believe the cooldown time is 45 seconds, so half of that is 22.5. I don't know exactly what shows up in game. I'm assuming behind the scenes it's 22.5, but probably in the game it'll be like 22 or or 23. But yeah, I mean that that ex basically takes the place of running duty officers to reduce that recharge time, and now that actually frees up some uh, active space duty officer slots that you could use for other things like boosting your DPS or um, boosting your your shield recharge times and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we're going to have to have a whole separate command school just on duty officers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I mean, that's uh, that's a whole other ball game. In terms of, of skills and, and going back to this Dragon and, and Drake build, and I'm just going to continue lumping them together because they're so similar. Mm -hmm. Some of the skills that you require that I think are very important would be shield restoration, which helps with emergency power to shield, uh, mm -hmm. engine, energy weapon training, which improves your weapon strength. Uh, electroplasma system flow, which increases the, the rate that your power transfers between subsystems. And your subsystems are your shields, your weapons, uh, engines, and auxiliary. Mm -hmm. Then you have your shield regeneration, which improves the effectiveness of shield regeneration, how quickly your shields recharge. Uh, warp core potential to improve all the power to your subsystems that gives like a basic boost um, and as I mentioned already en engineering readiness to reduce the, the recharge time and and that's a good place to start uh, for any beginner you could you know get these two uh, abilities and, um, and then choose all these skills and then start building from there you know see what type of ship you have um, if you're running an escort ship odds are your your hull is pretty weak and you're seeing that you're dying a lot so mm -hmm. look for those skills that improve hull regeneration and your hull capacity you may even want to look at the ones that improve your shields but if you're flying like a, a a cruiser you're much stronger you have a higher survivability rate so you may want to improve on your weapons or you may actually want to improve your defenses some more so that way you can continue to support your team and act in a sort of tank role, meaning mm -hmm. you increase your threat towards uh, NPC enemies and you survive while the enemy attacks you and the rest of your team causes damage to destroy the enemy quickly. And then, you know, maybe you're in a science ship where you're sort of playing that healer support role mm -hmm. and you want to look for skills that help with that. Um, for example, you know, if you're running gravity well, you know, you may want to use, uh, you may want to get control expertise to improve that. And for those who don't know, gravity well basically pulls all the enemies in to one central location, causing damage. And that's beautiful if you have like one or two escorts on your team, 
because then they can run um, cannon, cannon scatter volley and just decimate the enemy. I think that's one of the greatest moves I've ever seen in the game. Just grabbing a whole bunch of enemies into one big grab well um, and then hitting them with a couple of people with escorts. It's, I mean, it's great. You just see explosions left and right. And don't forget that when the enemies explode, they're causing damage to each other. So it's, it's like a, a light show, a fireworks show. Beam fire at will. I mean, I think cannon scatter volley is definitely better, but beam fire well, you know, uh, that works too because you're attacking all these enemies at once. Or um, torpedo spread. You know, that's that's a great one also for something like that. Uh, so, can I just ask a general question about the dragon and or Drake build? Um, uh, what kind of player would want to go for it, and what what's the ultimate goal? Is this something that you basically? Is it you're trying to keep your power levels up? Is it that you're trying to maximize damage with that build? What What's the advantage of using that kind of build over something else? It's definitely to keep your power levels up and depending mm -hmm. on which emergency power you're using. So if you're using um, emergency power to shield or and weapons, you're trying to keep your survivability up by boosting power to your shields and improving your damage by boosting your weapons power. But right. if you're going towards the engines and auxiliary route, you're trying to increase your survivability because more power to engines means you're going faster, you're harder to hit. And auxiliary helps definitely a lot of science skills. So I think something like that would be good for science players who are using something like Gravity Well, for example. Okay, so you can actually use those, those builds on uh, quite a wide range of ship depending on how your play style fits into what, what you're trying to do. Exactly. And I, I think okay. it's definitely a lot of trial and error. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, something I always tell people is, you know, when you're trying to think of your build, what's your play style? You know, do you like fast yeah. ships? Do you like flying a galaxy because it reminds you of the Enterprise? You know, whatever. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it really doesn't matter why you have what you have. It's just a matter mm -hmm. of learning how to use it. You know, and yeah. I think there's a lot of resources out there, and you know, feel free to ask questions. Um, you know, I know the, the Stowe Academy has forums that you could go on and, you know, ask questions. You know, now we're doing these monthly podcasts. You know, we're joining up and doing these, and this is going to be a great place to get a lot of information and, and ask questions. You know, mm -hmm. um, so just play however you want, and do your research. And I, I think a lot of players will will learn that. Star Trek Online is actually a, a pretty simple game once you see how all the pieces fit together. And that's the trick right there. Well, yeah, once once you figure out the really complex mechanics of how all the pieces fit together, it's really simple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, I, I take what you mean because it can be very, very daunting at first. There's so many dynamics at play. But, you know, power levels for me was, a, was one of the basics, which we really ought to do a whole command school on power levels and, you know... Um, weapon power cost and all that bit because learning about that when I was starting out was like blew my mind away you know but just things like that and then you can combining that with how you naturally play I personally find um, is what has helped me the most to go do you know what I like flying cruisers I don't think I'm ever really going to be an escort pilot I like flying cruisers and I you know I pilot the way I pilot so I'm not a close flyer. I prefer to stay a bit further out. So, you know, well, it used to be cannons weren't an option for me. 
that's maybe not the case anymore, but, you know, you pick and choose your skills and your abilities and your weapons, etc., based on how you feel comfortable, and, th- and that that's how you're going to improve. Right, exactly. You know, for me, I'm an, an escort captain. I love flying the escort because of the speed, you know. Um, mm. I usually end up flying into planets and suns and things when I go too fast. <laughs> yeah, I end, up, I end up flying into other ships, so... <laughs> mm. But, you know, it's it's a matter of, you know, learning how best to use what you're playing with. Um, yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of ships can fill multiple roles. You know, for example, I, I honestly believe it's entirely possible to be in an escort and be a tank. But you're not mm-hmm. being a tank in the sense of taking a lot of damage. You're increasing your threat level and trying to be hard to hit. So, you're right. Right. so you're not getting hit a lot, but the enemy is going to keep coming after you. So things like that, it, you know, it's, it's very possible. Okay, so here's, here's the question that I have, because I have a main tune and I have a couple of alts. And my main tune, she's a tactical captain flying cruisers. And I spent quite a lot of time on Tribble and talking to people and trying to replicate my main build over there. And I'm happy with that. But one of my tunes that... Uh, excuse me, alts. I know they don't like to say tunes. Um, one of my alts, um, I'm sort of building her up to be a science captain. And I don't know very much about science. But I was hoping that you could give me an insight into where I should start and the kinds of things that I might want to put uh, skill points in as I'm progressing through the tree, because she's only about level 30 at the moment. So I'll put some uh, the basic ones in there. So in the skill tree, I'm just looking at it now, the, the lieutenant level ones, they're, they're the sort of basic. So, you know, energy weapons, projectile weapons, hang on, shield capacity, hull capacity, all those sort of... I'll, I'll start off with that, that's fine. But when I start to get a little bit higher up, what kinds of things are going to help me? Because what I want her to do is, you know, lots of grab wells and stuff. Right. So, like, if you're doing gravity well and very science-oriented uh, abilities... I would say at the lieutenant commander ability, um, lieutenant commander rank, you would want to have control expertise as well as drain expertise, especially if you're mm-hmm. using those abilities. And just to give uh, everyone a, a pretty good idea of what these do, um, and I believe me when I say the description of these abilities is very accurate, and I think it'll help you a lot if you read them. Um, but control expertise basically helps with any control related abilities and that means abilities where you're trying to control your enemy you're disabling them you're holding them in place you're trying to confuse them so they attack their allies things along those lines and then your drain abilities are exactly that they drain power from your enemy so if you're using those types of abilities you would want those skills that that augment those i mean it really depends on on what you want to do as a, a science captain historically science captains are known to be the healers of a team mm. so you would want to get the types of skills that help you survive and help you heal your teammates so you know something maybe like um defense maneuvering which uh, increases the chance that enemies won't hit you might be good for a science captain because yeah. you want to survive so you can keep your team alive you know right. uh, they rely on you for that you may want to cause a lot of damage so 
you know, as a science captain, you're not going to cause maybe the same type of damage that uh, an escort captain would, but you could still do, you know, a pretty decent amount. But you could put, start putting skills into abilities that boost your weapons. And I, I, this might actually be a good point to bring up now. Uh, the skill tree also has a lot of unlocks, which are great to, to boost other areas of your build. And uh, my personal rule is not to worry about them. Put your skill points where you want to, and then you can go and you can look at what skills have been unlocked. And this, uh, this is where you're talking about on the little progress bars down the bottom of the skill tree interface screen. They have the little pulsating nodes. That's that's what you're talking about. These unlocks. Correct. All those skill unlocks. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, look, there's a lot of great ones in there. You know, um, I'm looking at you know science skills, and you know the first one once you've. Um, put five points into science you can increase your sector speed travel or your transwarp uh, cooldown or I should say mm-hmm. reduce your transwarp cooldown but um, you know you have things like improving shield capacity or starship stealth which that might be something great for Romulan and Klingon captains know what type of ship you're using and what what are its abilities you know if you're running a carrier Odds are most likely you're going to put five points into engineering skills and mm-hmm. you're going to want to choose hangar health as one of those skill unlocks. Um, so back to what you were saying about being a science captain. So uh, definitely, you know, you would want scientific readiness, which is the admiral ability, because you want to reduce the cool, ta- cool down time of your science skills. Yeah. Um, again, there's um, shield mastery, which is also an admiral ability, and that's important for your survivability. Actually, a pers- qu- question to you, Kenna. Um, do you mm-hmm. plan on being a, a healer, or do you have a different idea in mind for your science build? I do actually have a different idea in mind, and people have probably done it before, but it's just kind of what I want to do, and I'm not really sure how to go about it yet. But I, I well, I tend to play on my own. <laughs> I say that a lot, but I do tend to play on my own, so I either pug or I'm just doing story missions on my own, so I don't tend to play in a team. So what I kind of want to do is, I guess in other types of MMOs, like fantasy MMOs, it'd be more like a like a black mage type. So you're using um, maybe control effects and uh, a combination of that and uh, damage special abilities in order to inflict damage. So what I'm kind of thinking is, I, I want to, you know, be stripping shields and then hitting them with things and making it so they can't move and disabling subsystems and things like that. I don't really know how it will work, but that's that's more what I'm planning on doing rather than a than a healer or a support vessel. Right. So, in my opinion, in that case, you would want to get all the science skills at Lieutenant Commander. Those are the ones where you're draining and and holding your enemy, etc. Yeah. Um, and definitely look for the skills that improve your weapon damage. Because, like you say, you play alone, so you want to be able to take out your enemy fairly easily. Yeah, otherwise it's going to be a very long session. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> what is it, quite happily sort of tanking by yourself, but if you don't do any damage, I'll just sit there forever. Forever, never finish the mission. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So definitely get like energy weapon training, and if you're running uh, torpedoes, uh, get projectile weapon training. It may not be mm-hmm. necessary for a science build. You might be able to be just fine with uh, energy weapons, but yeah. if you're running a torpedo, maybe in the front, you know, or the back, you know, 
no harm in getting projectile weapon training, um, which is a lieutenant skill. Then look at something in lieutenant commander like targeting expertise, which improves your accuracy. That's very important for anyone who's trying to cause damage. It doesn't matter if you're science tactical or um, if you're running a cruiser or, or whatever, engineering. Targeting the expertise will definitely make it a lot easier for you to hit your enemy. Let's see what else. So uh, weapon amplification, that's a uh, commander ability. Now what this does, um, it increases the damage of your critical hits, also known as critical severity. Uh, according to the description, every player has a base 2.5% chance of causing critical damage for every hit. So if you want to go that route, you're going to need to look for not only skills, but items that boost your critical chance. The higher the critical chance, obviously, the more times you'll be able to get critical hits. So going that route, you're going to want those skills that boost chance and boost severity. Now, I don't know if that may be necessary for a science captain. Um, that might actually be something you could play around with, you know. Um, I, I can't really say I have a lot of experience as a science captain. I'm an engineer and an escort. I have my own survivability yeah. problems. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> You're the opposite of yeah. me. Tactical captain in a, in a cruiser. <laughs> now, is it is it fair to say that regardless of what type of build you're going for, what kind of, uh, what class of captain you are that there are going to be some abilities in the tree that um, pretty much everyone is going to want to spec into um, things that come to mind are things that improve your power levels and just generally uh, improve capacities and generic damage is that fair to say i think that's fair to say um like yeah. i think everyone would need to get uh, skills that boost energy weapons. So energy weapon training, for example. Everyone is using energy weapons. Um, there may be the the, mm. the few players that have torpedo only builds. I've never even yeah, attempted one I, of those. That seems very specialist. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I I don't even want to try. <laughs> it would be quite fun though. I agree. <laughs> quite fun to do. And I know there's a there's a, I know there's a very vocal torpedo community out there, but um, I have not gone down that route myself. Yeah, and more power to them. I mean, it, it's great yeah. if they make that work. Good for them. I just I'm too afraid to try. Right. <laughs> you know, especially <laughs> in a cannon. I mean, in an escort. You know, I'm going to yeah. just. There's no way I'm going to do that. Yeah. But um, generally speaking, everyone's using energy weapons. So get those skills that boost that. Um, get the skills that boost your your hull and I think a lot of people forget about their hull they think oh well I have strong shields my hull is fine it's gonna be protected by the shields that's not true yeah. yeah there's a lot of abilities and skills and equipment that will just bypass your shields I know that from firsthand going into like PvP with my fleet mates they'll destroy me in two seconds my, my shields will be at maximum but my hull will be at zero I don't understand it but it happens yeah it's because they've got the right things that went right through them that's why exactly so um, never forget about your hull that's a, an important rule so get those skills that boost that and I, th I mean I think that's you know basically what everybody needs you know boost mm -hmm. your energy weapons boost your hull boost your shields boost your power levels yeah. And then go from there. And, yeah, and then beyond that, it's really about picking the skills that synergize with your playing style. Exactly. You know, look at the abilities that your bridge officers have and mm -hmm. see what skills improve those. And then a, a lot of 
beyond that is just trial and error. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. speaking from personal experience, you know, um, being an engineer in, in an escort ship, uh, flying around, I would see, okay, you know what? This is happening to me a lot, whether it be me dying a lot or me not causing enough damage. So I would go and I would see, all right, you know what? The reason this is not happening is because I don't have the proper equipment or I don't have the proper skills. Let me change my play style a little bit. Okay, so Mark and Winters, you guys have been very quiet. Um, have you guys got any um, questions or things that you'd like to talk about with Attilio while he's here? I have been running around frantically changing my build through all of this. Oh, well, <laughs> so that's what you've been doing, yeah, quietly sitting quietly. in the corner. <laughs> have you been using the skill planner? I have been using the skill <laughs> planner. Chance. Yeah. yeah. What I want you to know is there's one power that's kind of still eluded me in the skill tree. What is shield hardness and what does it do? Alright, shield hardness. I think the best way to explain this is with an example. So, let's say you have a piece of wood and you hit it really hard with a hammer, it's going to crack. Now if you take two pieces of wood, put them right one behind the other and hit it with a hammer, it might not crack as much. Three pieces of wood, four pieces of wood, etc. You're strengthening, you're hardening that wood. So when you hit it with the hammer, it's not cracking. And that's basically what shield hardness is. It's improving the strength of your shield so it doesn't break. Mm. So it resists energy damage. Exactly. It resists the damage. That way it'll stay up longer and you won't die as quick. But again, going back to my original point, don't forget about your hull because there Mm. are possibilities... um, for weapon damage to go through your shield straight to your hull. That's bad. That is very bad. I know that firsthand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fine. You just respawn. It'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I know that you've already mentioned, Atelio, the, the skill planner, but how how can people use the skill planner to help them with this? Because, well, the, the, the price of a respect token's gone down now. It's only 300 zen, but it still is zen. And unless you are a lifetime member or uh, you've had the gold subscription for a while and you've accumulated some respect tokens, it can be quite expensive if you've made a mistake or maybe you want to change, maybe your play style has evolved and you want to change your skills. So where does the skill planner come in? So I would say the skill planner is really great to share your build with other people. So if you're new at this and you want some feedback, Go into the skill planner, put your entire build in there, from ground to space, everything, your traits, whatever it may be. Put everything you have in there and show it to people who you feel really know what they're talking about and get their feedback. And what's great about it is that they can open up your build, make tweaks, resave it, and give you that new link and say, "Here's this is what I think, and put notes in there for you if, if you want. And... It definitely gives players a great way to share information and help each other improve. You, know, uh, you can even go in there and there's a search functionality where you can search by uh, faction, career, and ship. So if you choose all these things, you can see a whole bunch of builds that are similar to, to your playstyle because you're choosing you know, your career and this ship that you're using and you can see what other players are doing. You know, um, the people who, who create these builds, you know, if they really get in depth, they'll put notes in there and give a good description of it. And you can learn a lot and maybe take a few some few of these really good ideas and combine them into something that works well for you. 
Well, I can attest to this because back uh, a while back when I was going through a, I was really concentrating on on getting my build to a place where I wanted it to be. Um, I know uh, Winters particularly helped me a lot, um, and we went back and forth in the old version of the skill planner to help us do that. So. I can attest it's a very useful thing when you're trying to communicate with somebody, you know, maybe over TeamSpeak or just in emails or chat or whatever. It's kind of hard to to describe, oh, so you know that button that's third down from the right <laughs> with the little with the little doohickey on it and it's blue. Um, yeah, that's the one I mean. Um, so the skill planner is just all there. So I can attest it's a good one. So Yeah, I definitely recommend everyone just take a look at it, you know, play with it and and look around on the web you're going to find a lot of builds that all have been done with the skill planner and will be helpful for you to to learn what works for you you know it's not just you know okay this person created it but i don't want to copy them don't don't think about that it's just a good way to learn how things work okay i know you mentioned it before but where's a good place for people to get more information either about the skill planner or just to meet up with other people who are also working on their skills at the same time. And there's definitely a lot of resources out there. Um, Reddit has a whole Stow build section. Mm -hmm. um, you can also come to stowacademy.com, go to our forums and post your builds. We have a whole section dedicated to the skill planner where you can post your uh, builds for review and yeah. players will go in there, take a look and give you their feedback. Uh, I see that, that forum always active. Do Google searches, there's nothing wrong with that join a fleet uh Stow academy has a fleet if you guys want to join yeah priority one has a fleet as well you know <laughs> <laughs> so there you go you have two fleets right here that, that you could yeah. join and, and get you know help from a lot of people yeah so um there's definitely a lot of resources out there it's just Good. looking for it and even uh, you know I, I almost forgot this the official star trek online forums you know everyone can go in there and um mm -hmm post your build and, and see what other people are talking about. Okay, and what we'll do is we'll we'll post uh, some links to all those places in our show notes so that anyone who's listening can go and check them out if, if they think it would be of use to them. Just before I close up, uh, anybody else have anything we want to say or anything that we've missed? Are the ultimate abilities worth speaking into? They're good. L let me just say that. The ultimate abilities are good, but I would not purposely try to get them if you don't need the, the skills. You know, you don't want to put skill, uh, put points into skills where you're, it's useless. You know, for example, if you want the ultimate science skills, but you're not using gravity well, you're not going to need control expertise. So don't just put skills in there for the sake of putting them in there. Focus on the skill tree itself, and then later on, see what unlocks you have and, and choose those skills from there. All right, thank you. Okay, well, thank you, Atilio, for joining us today for our Command School, the triumphant return of Command School. It's very exciting. And uh, we will look forward to seeing you again, and we'll have to let our listeners know what the, what the topic of discussion is going to be, because actually it might be useful to get some um, questions from our listeners as well. I did forget that we wanted to ask a community question in this section as well. Um, so our community question for command school is have you learned any top tips or tricks in the new skill system and would you like to share them with us right so thanks again Atilio my pleasure yes and uh, we will see you back in a month's time looking forward to that and now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming message coming in sir hailing frequencies open see 
are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. First up, what would you like to see as the second season of a Star Trek anthology type show? Lieutenant Dan commented on prior to Podcast.com. Regarding an anthology era, I always wanted to see The Lost Adventures of the Enterprise C. It would give more depth to yesterday's Enterprise episode and it would make us empathise more with the tragedy of their crew. That, that's kind of a cool idea, actually. Yeah. I'd kind of like to do that, especially if they could... Ooh, ooh, I've just had the best idea ever. How cool would it be if they did the Enterprise C era mm-hmm. and then they could film the other point of view from yesterday's Enterprise and they ooh. could splice in footage? That would be awesome. Or, be like, or, or, or. They okay, could just okay, bring yeah. back in the cast. Well, no, but they're all older now. Yeah, but there's filters for that. Come on, Snapchat. <laughs> filters? That's <laughs> a hell of a filter. Hey, if you can get Patrick Stewart... Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sir Patrick Stewart in drag, come on, you can do anything. Wow. You you were determined I to won. get a reference I to uh, Sir Patrick Stewart awesome. in drag. If none of you have seen it, just it's all over Twitter. Yeah, Go and have a look it's because it's everywhere. amazing. He's a very handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see Winters has gone all red now. No, he's making fun I've of me earlier seen for going it, all red. He he's, been, he's been, he's uh, been, yeah. I've seen it. Mark said very handsome woman. I'm like, dear God, you could, <laughs> you needed like a trowel to plaster of all the wrinkles and everything that was on that face oh that's so mean <laughs> he's like 70 of course he's got wrinkles you should have wrinkles when you're 70 yeah I know but there was like canyons he was yeah but I tell you what if I look half as good as Sir Patrick Stewart in drag when I am as old as he is <laughs> I will be a happy happy woman oh dear god um, do you know what he looks like I just said we had no blippers do you know what he looked like? Um, do you ever see that episode of The Simpsons when Homer was inventing things and he invented a shotgun that would apply makeup? <laughs> That's oh what my he God. looked like. He got shot with that thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. I think he looked fantastic. He did look fantastic. Uh, anyway, did you have a comment? Sonic Skyrat also commented, Is this possibly the Captain Sulu show that was talked about in the 90s? If so, I think that would be a winner. We find Sulu. If they could make it like Captain Sulu crossed with Love Boat, that'd be great. <laughs> oh, <gosh>. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there is a great uh, Saturday. I think it's Saturday Night Live sketch that's got Patrick Stewart in it, and it's the lo- it's the Love Boat, the Next Generation. If you haven't seen it, go check it oh, out on YouTube. It is absolutely hilarious, and it's like, oh God, what's the catchphrase? I can't remember. It's like, set a course for love. (laughs) You know, it's brilliant. (laughs) Anyway. For our second community question, how would you like to see Star Trek Online represented on screen? David S. wrote on our website, Assuming the series lasts a few seasons, I would like one of the seasons to focus on the crew of the Enterprise F with Captain Sean. It would be a great way to lead up to the launch of STO Season 14, (laughs) or whatever season we will be on at that time. I don't. I don't really get Captain Sean. I know everyone's a real fan of his. I think. God, this is so bad. I think it's the antennae, and I know that's really racist against Andorians, but I can't oh. take them seriously. 
See, I I came from from a different perspective. I thought they wouldn't do it, but just because of the makeup costs alone to get those things on for an episode and get them like linen. Oh, it's no worse than data. Mm. The Andorians rock. Um, Shran was brilliant in Enterprise. Oh yeah. Okay. Taylor Maxwell wrote on the STO forums. If STO were to be represented or mirrored in a new Star Trek series. Maybe it would be cool to see some of our favourite characters or a few of the better looking ships. I especially like the Guardian Cruiser or the Alal Warbird for the Romulans. Beyond that, it'd probably just be occasional mentions like one of the show characters reading an article about the re-election of President Okeg or something. I kind of like that idea and I think that's workable. I think it's probably better to work in sort of passing references to the STO canon. Although... Wouldn't it be interesting if they did start making passing references to STO canon? It would effectively make STO canon actual, actual, actual canon. canon. Which, you know, for the developers, I think would be <laughs> such an Amazing. awesome honor. What do you mean? Because I, mean, I know those canon. guys, they. So, actual Star Trek canon is defined as stories or plots that have taken place on screen. So, that's either in the TV show or the films. I think it excludes the animated series, but I could be wrong. I think that's up for debate. No, you're but right about the animated series. But yeah, the, technically Star Trek Online is not canon. Soft canon. Technically. Who says that? Because they're, STO are the keepers of the canon right now. Yeah, but I think if you asked CBS and Paramount, they'd say that the stuff they've produced, or Viacom or whoever it was, Paramount b- before them, um, that's the canon. And STO is sort of a license. It's like the novels technically are not canon either. I don't know. But, but if they start making references to STO in the new series, then that would effectively make STO canon, which I think would be such a huge honor for all of that team because they do such an amazing job of trying to be true to quote-unquote true canon. Um, I think that would be amazing, and I would love that to, to happen. Can you say technically STO takes place on a screen anyway? Well, Aha. yeah, and technically, if you read the novels on a Kindle, that's also on a uh, screen. No, I don't. <laughs> don't. I was going for something there. Yeah. Well, I, think, I think that STO is the, are the keepers of the canon, and everything they've done is canon. I think everything they've done is canon. I would like it to be canon. However, you also have to consider the fact that what kind the way of a that contradiction Star Trek Online... is that? What? What kind of a contradiction is that? STO, uh, I think, is canon, but I, I, I don't think you contradicted yourself there. I would no. What I mean to say is that I want it to be canon because I like it, basically, and I would be quite upset after having invested my time and energy into Star Trek Online, to then find out that it isn't canon, or to have it directly contradicted in the show, I would be actually quite upset. And finally, from our on-screen segment, do you think Angel One had too much going on? Pretty much everyone agreed with Elijah, but Sean Newboy puts it succinctly, way too much going on for one episode. And that brings us to our next community question. Do you think that Star Trek Online is actually Star Trek canon, or does it fall just outside of true canon? Good community question. Yeah. Controversial. Very hot Uh, topics this week. Can expect a reply from Al. 
<laughs> a very no, strongly worded cool email. That, but how cool would it be? Because I know particularly um, Al Rivera has really poured his heart and soul into making compelling and um, exciting storylines for Star Trek Online. And, you know, granted, they are designed to work with a game, so they have a certain linear element to them. However, what an awesome thing it would be for for that to be recognized as part of yeah. official on-screen TV mm. canon. That would be amazing. Beyond the shadow, definitely 100%, no questions asked, canon. Well, that wraps up episode 267 of Priority One Podcast. But before we go, here's a reminder of this week's community questions. Does the cancellation of Star Trek Federation Rising spell the end of fan productions? Have you learned any top tips or tricks in the new Star Trek Online skill system? Share them with us. And do you think that Star Trek Online is actually Star Trek canon, or does it fall just outside of quote-unquote true canon? Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment at our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or tweet us via at PriorityOnePod. You can even leave us a voicemail via SpeakPipe. Just click on the widget on our homepage. Don't miss a thing from the world of Star Trek. Catch our episodes every Monday morning by pointing your podcast catchers to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. And if you have a few spare minutes, please nominate us for Best TV and Film Podcast in the People's Choice Podcast Awards. You can find out more information at podcastawards.com. We already know that Priority One listeners are the best, so help us get recognised by casting your vote. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at guardfrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many, many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice. Thanks to our special guest host, Atelio, from Star Trek Online Academy, for joining us for Command School this week. Thanks to our graphic artists, Romulan Ale and Jason Smith, and if you enjoy our comics, the creative of our comic series, Jonathan Towery, can be commissioned at johntowery.com. Thanks to all of our bloggers and their managing editor, L. To the right of our skits, Jake Morgan, to our video editor, Jerry Tillman, and to consultant Midnight Shadow 7 of Hollow Sweet Media for supporting this show. Thanks to our audio team, led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brendan Parker, Jake Morgan, Asmaria De Post, and Gavin LaWarne. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. And most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community and our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Ready weapons. Engage.
Do, 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 do. This is Kenna, Trek It Out, Sync 1. This is Mark, Twerk It Out, Sync 2. This is Winters, not Twerking It Out, Sync 3. <sighs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> Trek It Out in 3, <laughs> 2, Jesus. Stop Giggling. <laughs> <clears throat> Well, should we move on to something that's... Oh, no, actually, let's not move on. Let's ask a community question. <laughs> shall we? Yep. <laughs> Whose rent is it? Is your rent? Is <laughs> Thank you, Winters, for that great um, contribution. From what we can tell from this... I didn't write that. I did not write that. <laughs> that was all Winters. It's not me. I couldn't even remember. It was... I didn't touch that. I did not touch yeah, that. That's got Kenna all over it. No! Kenna's been messing You're with the script, everyone. Last edited by... I'm going in the... Re- I'm checking. We- I'm going in the revision history. Do. Go Last ahead. edited by Michael McDonald at 11... Oh! Oh, yes. <laughs> say it. Winters, you have to say it now. Yeah. Moist. Nickel. What did you write? Oh. <laughs> Oh. Get in there. Uh, that was not me. That was not me. All excited. That wasn't me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the thing is, I saw it and I was like, he, he, he. Mark doesn't see it. He, he, he. <laughs> no, I, see, I saw it, but I couldn't remember what word it was. <laughs> anyway. When I was just panting on. in the corner, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back to your trouble. <laughs> <sighs> As always, we will leave a link and we will link it. We will leave a link in the notes on the patch notes, notes in the show notes, notes in, in the blog okay, post in the, the stuff. The player. Right. Okay. Did we? Do we? We jumped around a bit. <laughs> good luck, whoever's editing feedback. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good luck to you. <laughs> good luck. Uh, right. Let's go ahead and hit stop. Is it all done? Is it? Yeah. Okay. And for our next community question, what do you think? Is Star Trek Online actual ST or Star Trek canon? Leave your comments. (laughs) Do you know, rephrase that and write that in because I think that is actually a good community question. Make good radio. Or you type Uh, the question. (laughs) (laughs) I could keep keep going with the next part if you wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And finally. Uh, I'll do it if you want if you're typing. Oh, you're not typing, sorry. On you go. I'm not typing. No, I just really... Yeah, you, you do that bit. Yeah. So, shut your mouth, pink skin. Have you learned any top tips or tricks in the new Star Trek Online skill system? Share them with us. And do you... I said that really weird. Share them with us. us. Share them with us. Share them with us. It's very Gordon. Yeah. <laughs> Have you learned any top tricks? Top, tri- <laughs> top, <laughs> top tips or tricks. 